EastEnders Steve McFadden, 62, keeps it casual in a black jacket and grey joggers as he purchases a new £3,000 fold-up bike. Idris Elba's wife Sabrina turns heads as she sports a sheep bob while joining the actor at the COP26 climate change summit in Glasgow. Ronnie O'Sullivan, in quotes, feels like Prince William, close quotes, but open quotes, wouldn't know where to begin, close quotes, on roll. Tipping point fans distracted by contestants facial hair as he tries to win big money. to a special 50th episode of Barely Contained, the podcast surveying the latest harmful emissions of showbiz journalism and pledging to achieve net zero and listener figures by 2030. I'm Chris Beckett and for this special half century I'll be raising my bat and a glass alongside Matt Withers. Yes, we are literally along, well not literally alongside, we're, we're facing each other, but this is our first in-person recording since the end of 2019. Whee! Yes, so we're here, we have red wine, uh, it's very exciting, yep, a little clink of the glass there, uh, we're, we're reunited. Um, if people don't remember uh, why we've been doing it uh, virtually, Chris, there was a bit of, of a kerfuffle where the government <laughs> made everybody stay at home. Yeah, I mean... It was a little bit of a, you know, we don't want to make too much of it. Yeah, it was a bit of a to-do at the time, but it affected the recording of this. Anyway, episode 50, they said, Chris, we'd never make it. Those naysayers. (laughs) Well... Where are they now? (laughs) Um, Thank you for sticking with us. I mean, we'd love to come and and thank you all individually. And, I mean, logistically, (laughs) we probably could. Yeah, I mean, there's a Premier Inn nearby. Um, but thank you very much for sticking with us to episode 50. Um, this is going to be an absolutely blinding story. I know, Chris, to start this special episode. What have you got for us? Right, well, I have got Callum Wells for the Mail Online, and he has got this story. EastEnders Steve McFadden, 62, keeps it casual in a black jacket and grey joggers as he purchases a new £3,000 fold-up bike. Excellent. This is the exact quality that people have come to expect. <laughs> Steve McFadden was pictured loading a Brompton fold-up bike into his car on Friday, following a trip to Auto Centre Halfords in Hertfordshire. I mean, a real bit of a bit of uh, A-list glamour yeah. here to kick us off. Are you aware of uh, Mr. McFadden's work? Yes, um, I I know he is one of the Mitchell brothers from EastEnders. I'm going to say Phil. He is Phil. Yeah. Um, that is as much as I know about him. Very much the Walford resident hard nut. You wouldn't want to mess with him. So he, he he's the Mitchell who hasn't ventured off into um, Sky documentaries about hard men and terrorism. No, no, he's he's very much kept it kept it Albert Square based. <laughs> the EastEnders start sixty two kept things casual in a waterproof black jacket and grey joggers, which he teamed up with a pair of coordinating trainers. Yeah, he has. He's, he's, uh, he's very much teamed up. The, the, the trainers are coordinated, I would say identical. I would say that if my dad was to go to uh, his local shoe shop 
um, and was after a pair of, you know, sports shoes, he might ask for a pair of coordinating trainers. Yes, yes. The brand sells state-of-the-art bicycles for up to a whopping £3,000, with this one coming equipped with a shopping basket and security locks. (laughs) A shopping basket. All the accessories. Storing his essentials in a trendy navy man bag, he sported a black baseball cap as he unlocked his grey people carrier. Kneeling into the vehicle's boot, he manoeuvred through a series of plastic bags and a blue cool box before finding a home for his new purchase. Yeah, we're getting uh, really drilling down now into a man finding space in the boot of his car for a new purchase. I mean, that could be that could be a challenge on the cube. Yes. <laughs> Earlier in the year, Billy Murray claimed his former co-star Steve McFadden should be knighted for his hard work on soap. There are a lot of questions at the moment about the nature of the honours system. I think if Steve McFadden got knighted, I think the Queen herself would join the barricades in campaigning against it. I mean, just to say, Billy Murray is, there's no, it's not the same as Bill Murray. No, it, it is not the um, erstwhile voice of Garfield in the, uh, in the films. Steve notably portrays the role of Phil Mitchell, who made his first appearance in Albert Square in 1990. Yeah, and rather like Bill Murray in uh, one of his more famous films, Groundhog Day, his life has been the same every single day in the ensuing 31 years. Yeah, he's, he's never been quite happy. <laughs> Billy, 79, who played gangster Johnny Allen between 2005 and 2006, believes that his past colleague deserves an honour for being in the BBC One soap for so long. (laughs) Do we now give knighthoods for lack of ambition? (laughs) Longevity. He told the Mirror, Steve McFadden should be knighted. He worked so hard, he should be Sir Steve. I'm glad he pointed that out, because I was wondering what his sobriquet would be (laughs) if Steve was to be knighted. He has been in EastEnders forever, and it is tough working in a soap. Robert De Niro wouldn't do it. The big actors wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Robert De Niro wouldn't do it. <laughs> the big actors wouldn't yeah. do no, it. No, would Robert De Niro be offered a role in EastEnders? I imagine that his reaction would be something like, what the fuck is EastEnders? Yeah, I think, yeah, it might it might not get past his, uh, his answer phone machine. <laughs> You get a script, learn the lines, and then it all changes. It takes a lot of your energy. <laughs> yeah, to do the absolute basics of being an actor. <laughs> Phil Mitchell is arguably one of EastEnders' most iconic characters and has been involved in many high-profile stories over the years. One of his most famous plots saw him shot by an unknown character in 2001 who was later revealed to be his ex-girlfriend Lisa Shaw. Ah! What a spoiler! Spoiler alert! I've only just been catching up with EastEnders and I'm only up to 1999. <laughs> Callum! <laughs> Phil quickly became rivals with Billy's on screen character Johnny Allen, with things escalating during the soaps Get Johnny Week in <laughs> early 2006, which also saw the return of Grant Mitchell, played by Ross Kemp. Yeah, I mean, that was actually sponsored by the government to uh, encourage the use of contraception, <laughs> but they, they misunderstood it badly. <laughs> Johnny was later killed off in October 2006, in which he died of a heart attack while serving time in prison. Right, so I don't know anything about you, sir. I've never, I've never watched it, but died in a heart attack while serving time in prison. That, that is somebody who, who died off camera several years I, after being I, I would it. think so, yeah. <laughs> in recent scenes broadcast in the series, Phil's ex-wife Sharon Watts, Letitia Dean, revealed that she wants to become involved in his money laundering scheme. 
And that's it. <laughs> that, that, I mean, to be fair, that was a classic barely contained because somebody has managed to get, you know, an awful lot of words out of man by his bike and has to slightly reshuffle the contents of his boot in order to take bike home. There's some great comments, though. Yeah, I like um, KKQD1337 from London. He said, we need a total ban on knighthoods for actors and singers. <laughs> As if there was the slightest chance that Steve McFadden <laughs> would be making his way to Buckingham Palace. Uh, but, but Slarty B says, don't like pap photos, but it doesn't show the bike in a good light if it can't be folded. Yeah. Bit of a diss of uh, Brompton there. Yeah, and uh, J-Strap in the south said that bike will fold up quick enough when he sits on it. Uh, nasty bit of uh, fat, fat shaming. And also, J-Strap, if you're saying that bike will fold up, uh, you don't need to cap up the W in will. Yeah, and then finally, uh, I Paddington Bear from the Cotswolds says, why is he dressed like me in the 90s? <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, that, that's something only you can answer, <laughs> I, Paddington. Right, Chris, now we turn to matters a little more weighty. Um, you know, it's been the, uh, well, I think it's currently taking place, the COP26 summit. In I, I did hint about it in my intro. You did, you did. I was, I was um, doodling on my I, pad. I was worried it was too subtle. <laughs> Uh, yes, but the COP26 Climate Change Summit is taking place in Glasgow. This is where we are hopefully going to end uh, global warming and uh, the disastrous effects it's having on our planet. Um, and so the piece from Mail Online by Callum Wells is headlined, Idris Elba's wife Sabrina turns heads as she sports a chic bob while joining the actor at the COP26 Climate Change Summit in Glasgow. Hmm... I get the feeling they may have missed the uh, the news the news line of the, the COP26. Yeah, I don't think this was what, what they wanted people to be focusing on, but uh, it's certainly what Callum is focusing on. It begins, Sabrina Elba looked incredible as she joined her husband Idris at the COP26 Climate Change Summit in Glasgow on Saturday. The model, 32, certainly turned the heads of onlookers at the SECC as she sported a chic bob haircut while cutting a smart black sleeve top. I was confused by the fact that she was cutting it. Yeah, I mean, that, that would seem slightly un- unorthodox. <laughs> yeah, and not, not very um, environmental, I, I should say. You know, we should be trying to encourage people to wear their clothes more, not, not mm. taking a pair of scissors to Well, them. unless she was making something else out of them, you know. Oh, yeah, like maybe like a finger mouse. Yes, yeah, maybe <laughs> she was cropping her top, but then making a, a pair of little, you know, budgie smugglers for yeah. a dress. Yeah, could be. Or it could be that cutting is some kind of fashionable term that we don't know. Yeah, that's probably quite likely. (laughs) Day seven of the event focused on ensuring the importance of nature and sustainable land use are part of global action on climate change and a clean, green recovery. Yeah, I'm more interested in about the haircut, really. (laughs) Well, having painted her lips an unmissable shade of cherry red, the International Fund for Agricultural Development Ambassador flashed her pearly whites she beams for onlookers. I mean, when it comes to International Fund for Agricultural Development Ambassadors, <laughs> she really stands out. Yeah, she really does. She's the one that springs to mind for me. Her fellow UN Goodwill Ambassador, husband Idris Elba, 49, looked dapper in a black suit as he joined his stunning wife on stage during the United Nations Conference. It is the 26th conference of the parties and represents a gathering of all the countries signed on to the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change 
and the Paris Climate Agreement. Hmm. I think there's a certain amount of recycling being done in this story. <laughs> yes, uh, it does go on a little bit. Um, we talk about the police helicopters, a little bit of um, information. And then we finally get to the comments, uh, which we won't dwell on too much because mm. they're mainly people speculating that she's wearing a wig. Ooh, okay. Um, Good Ghoulie said, always need a wig, wiggo. Um, <laughs> wow. Stacy's mom says the wig. My God. <laughs> famous scientist takes a break from being a famous scientist to say, looks like a wig to me. Fans will not be taken in. Blimey. I mean, I thought Sir Patrick Valance had better things to do, but <laughs> yeah, obviously he, not. No, he, he is quite a noted troll, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and Yorkie49 in Burton-on-Trent says, more lectures from multi-millionaire hypocrites will put my carbon footprint against theirs any time. Along with most ordinary people, mine probably won't even register in comparison to theirs. <laughs> it's not about the size of your carbon <laughs> footprint. Well, I mean, it is, but... Chris from Green Issues to the Green Bays. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yes, Matt, we have a story from uh, The Express, um, and this is by Charlie Pittock. The, um, the 1990s gardener? Uh, no, no, <laughs> close. Ronnie O'Sullivan, in quotes, feels like Prince William, close quotes, but, open quotes, wouldn't know where to begin, close quotes, on roll. Wow, so a little delve into existentialism. Yes. Um, Ronnie O'Sullivan. Yep. I mean, he's, uh, you know, not been part of our uh, content for 49 and a half episodes, but no. now... Here he is. Here, here he is, the, 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 the troubled Q-man. Mm, the rocket has suddenly come, in, come good. Ronnie O'Sullivan admitted he feels like Prince William in many ways but wouldn't know where to begin on the Duke of Cambridge's role in a throwback interview. Yep, um, for those listeners who may be joining us for the first time today, a throwback interview is an old interview that they've dug up apropos of largely nothing. Yeah. Ronnie O'Sullivan faces Luca Bressel in the English Open quarterfinals this afternoon. The Rocket 45 cruised past Jamie Clark on Thursday night, hitting 50 or more in each of his four frames as he raced his way into the next round. Currently world number three, O'Sullivan admitted earlier this week, prior to facing Michael Georgiou, that his pre-match routine had been hit hard by a trip to the kebab shop. Um, I mean, I don't know a lot of these modern modern players. No, no. I mean, where's Cliff Thorburn? Yeah, where's, Cl- where's John Virgo? He admitted he was... All over the gaff, a mere seven minutes before the match started, having been at the kebab shop putting the world to rights with his friends. (laughs) Presumably in his waistcoat. (laughs) After going a frame down, he recovered to win 4-1. Widely considered one of, if not the greatest snooker player of all time, O'Sullivan had been tipped for greatness since a young age. Speaking last August at the Crucible, he admitted he had embraced the coronavirus pandemic and the absence of crowds. You don't want to. You don't want to embrace the COVID, the coronavirus pandemic, Matt. No, absolutely. Keep your two meters. Yeah, I would. I would say that's everything they tell you not to do. Yeah, I'd say it's it's easy, really, for um, Ronnie to keep his two meters because I'd say that the spider is probably about that. Amount. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he he should know distance, really. <laughs> 
At last summer's Betfred World Championship, which the Rocket ultimately won, he said in a press conference, I've had pressure since the age of 10 or 11. An expectation level that I'd be a champion one day. So, I suppose in many ways, it's like Prince William being groomed to be king. Yeah. See, I'd say it's like that in no ways. <laughs> in no ways whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I used to like a little bit of a, you know, a, a post, post-school frame at Riley's, <laughs> but never did I feel the, the kind of hand of history tapping me <laughs> on the shoulder. Yeah, I mean... In general, the um, the snooker rankings aren't hereditary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you said to me, would you want Prince William's role? I wouldn't know where to begin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I imagine if, uh, you know, if you asked Prince William if he wanted to uh, escape from a tricky five-ball snooker, he probably would be in the same, same dilemma. I, I mean, I genuinely don't know what's left. I, I suppose... It is technically more likely that Steve McFadden might be offered a knighthood than, say, Prince William decides to follow Harry, give up royal life and go to California. And the royal family says, look, we've got an opening here. Let's get Ronnie O'Sullivan Let's on the line. <laughs> but, I mean, he can, you know, he can play with his left hand as well. So, Yeah, I mean, how useful that is in being the future head of state and guardian of the Church of England, I don't know. I think it means that when you're walking down a line, you can double, you can double bubble. Oh yeah, simultaneous yeah. shakes. You could do it in half the time. Didn't yeah, you? you've got you've got to consider that if you're, uh, you know, HRH. But he had had it since a child, and it be- has become natural, I suppose. For me, that's the same metaphor for snooker. O'Sullivan explained he had learned to deal with pressure, having worked his way through the amateur and professional ranks to reach the very top. He continued, Prince Harry has won a runner. I think think that means he's done a runner. runner. Sorry, he doesn't want the spotlight. I've been trying to do that all my life. That's why you don't see me at the venue much. I try to keep as much privacy as I can. He sure. said in an exclusive interview. Yeah, and surely he wants a spotlight. Surely he needs the most adequate lighting possible. Yeah, you don't you don't want to be like trying to get a 147 in pitch pitch black. No. O'Sullivan felt that the Sussexes' move to California represented a lifestyle that suited him much more. Pressure has been on his shoulders ever since he posted his first 147, aged just 15. The absence of crowds suited him as he didn't feel the pressure and expectations. He said, I'm quite private. I don't really socialise much anyway. Well, he was putting the world twice in the kebab shop seven minutes before a world championship game. English Open, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, it kind of goes on a bit and it talks about how he did receive an OBE in the New Year's Honours list in 2016, um, even though he said in 2013 it would be a disgrace to give one to someone like me. Yep. (laughs) Rather him than Steve McFadden in my book. So, Matt, for this very special episode, what have you got to uh, play us out with? Well, we've got to end the 50th with a pretty uh, spicy showbiz tale. So I have turned to the Daily Star Online and Julia Hunt, who reports, Tipping Point fans distracted by contestants' facial hair as he tries to win big money. (laughs) Right. Tipping Point viewers could not take their eyes off contestant Johnny during the latest edition of the ITV show. 
But it was more to do with his impressive beard than his game show prowess. Mm. Comment. (laughs) Tipping point viewers totally lost track of the competition as they became distracted by one contestant's impressive beard. Johnny was one of the competitors on the ITV show on Tuesday, but it was his lengthy facial hair that captured everyone's attention, rather than his quizzing skills. He must be reading this in absolute bits. (laughs) Um, I mean, this is a... You might have got this, uh, this but this is very much a one-fact story. (laughs) But we need to spit it out. So, what happened next? Well, fans flocked to Twitter as the episode aired to share their thoughts. What on earth is going on with Johnny's beard? Asked one flabbergasted fan. Another tweeted, Just got home and turned hashtag tipping point on. What on earth is the beard all about? While a third social media user posted, Johnny would look so much younger without that beard. It just goes to show the third cut truly is the deepest. <laughs> uh, then there is a picture of uh, Johnny, uh, which is captioned, Tipping point viewers were distracted by Johnny's facial hair. Just in case this story's been so nuanced. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in case we've, you'd forgotten. I mean, it is a bit of a mad beard, to be fair. It's um, it's a little bit... Um, he reminds me of the former Formula One boss, Eddie Jordan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's out. got a yeah. bit of that about him, hasn't he? Several admitted they were itching to give Johnny's long locks a bit of a trim. How has somebody not taken a pair of scissors to that beard while he slept? One person posted it. Slightly creepily. I'm dying to take a pair of scissors. This bloke's beard on hashtag tipping point. It's getting on my nerves, said another. Everyone wants to be a barber. Yeah, well, not, not, not everyone, Chris. However, Johnny's locks went down a storm with some viewers, with one even branded his look, beard goals. <laughs> <laughs> well, takes all sorts. The contestant came in for a bit more stick online when host Ben Shepherd asked him which month of 1666 the Great Fire of London took place. Although he rightly noted that the blaze started in a bakery, Johnny decided to go for a summer month because he felt that fires are more frequent in hot weather. <laughs> good, good, good logic. <laughs> yeah, yeah fair, fair play to him. It's quite a tough question, actually. He selected June when the correct answer was September. Tipping Point will celebrate its 10th anniversary next year. Over the past decade, two spin-off shows have been created. Tipping Point Lucky Stars features celebrities trying their luck against the machine, while Tipping Point Best Ever Finals showcases the most dramatic jackpot finales from the main show. Tipping Point airs weekdays on ITV at 4pm. For more of the same showbiz news from the Daily Star, make sure you sign up to one of our newsletters. Imagine... Ten years of Tipping Point. Yeah, and we've just got a couple of um, related articles afterwards. I'm not going to go through these, but we've got Tipping Point fans swoon over retired boxer contestants as he sailed through quiz, and Tipping Point fans slam show as hot contestants land shit mystery prize. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that, I want to read both of those. Well, Chris, you do that in your own time, please, yeah. because uh, we've reached the end of the 50th uh, episode of Barely Contained. Have you yeah, enjoyed it? I've I've loved every every minute of it. Every minute of the last four years. Well, not every minute of the last four years, but but some of the you know certainly some of the Barely Contained episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. 
Uh, right, well, why don't you tell the listeners how they can uh, engage with the Barely Contained brand uh, in, in the, the, the metaverse, as I think we call it now. Yes, yeah, I will. Well, if you want to go uh, go meta or, or look us up on Facebook, you can find us on Barely Contained, the podcast, which is a special group devoted with devoted fans of the show. <laughs> Um, um, but also, if you want to go on Twitter, you can reach us at at barely underscore pod um, for all manner of clips, videos, bloopers, you know, everything you could want. And can you find us on uh, Donald Trump's new social network? Um, not, not, as, not as yet, but, you know, who knows? Who knows what the future holds? Not us. Um, do please uh, subscribe to us on wherever you find this podcast, which I assume is the one you're listening to us on now. So that's Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify or Amazon or whatever floats your boat. And uh, give us a review. Five stars, please. Uh, it, all, it all helps. And then the good old-fashioned tell your friends and your family and, uh, and your teachers, because I know a lot of our listeners are young people. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, young people. <laughs> And we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks, Chris. Cheers, Matt. Bye. Bye.